Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh-oh. Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get 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 for your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. Ten o'clock in the beautiful city of Richmond, Virginia. Welcome aboard, everybody. Michael Phillips here. MP on the mic with you for the next two hours, 910 The Fan, 1051 FM Worldwide on the free Odyssey app. Glad to have you on board this morning. Tons of fun ahead. Uh, wild night in the A-10. There are always wild nights in the A-10 now. Uh, VCU women's basketball chugs along. We'll have Lane Casadante on. He is chatting with VCU coach Ryan Odom right now at his weekly press conference, uh, Rams Women's coach Beth O'Boyle is there, too. They are going to try to set a Siegel Center women's basketball attendance record next Saturday. Uh, Good cause, good team. Uh, They handled St. Joseph's yesterday, 59-48. They are now 23-4 this season. Pretty, pretty good. 23-4, by the way. If the A-10 tournament started today, they'd be the four seed. That's how good. That conference, that league is this year. Uh, Spiders, number one in A-10 women's basketball. We'll break all that down for you. College football playoff news. Uh, Commanders, assistant coaches, 
were introduced yesterday. Uh, tons of material from that. We'll play some of those interviews for you. We'll react to them. A uh, little bit of news that came out of that as well about last year's offensive coordinator. Uh, I think uh, you'll be intrigued by that when we get to that. Lane Casadana at 11, AWOD at 1145 before AWOD Radio takes over at noon. Uh, JMU basketball, by the way, uh, handled Marshall last night. They're 25-3. and three. Speaking of teams that need flowers here, we'll, uh, we'll break down their tournament case in the days to come here. But the Dukes are very much in the discussion, very much in consideration. Don't don't sleep on them participating in the NCAA tournament. Uh, school record 25 wins with the win last night. Here's Coach Mark Byington. I mean, I just saw the stat. We got 19 points off turnovers. And and that was a lot of our offense a lot of times was, was our intensity on defense. Uh, I thought Xavier Brown was uh, really set the tone on defense. And Guy scores two points, but I thought he played incredible. Yeah, he impacted the game that way. Both your point guards did. You hold them to 31% shooting, but they were four for 30 from the three-point line. Was that key for you guys to get to the three-point line and make it hard for them? Yeah, because, you know, they they got such good shooters and and and, and, and guys can kind of spread you out and, and get different points. And um, so... You know, it's not like, but but it's not like we're going to sit there and just stay on the three point shooters because if not, they're shooting layups and lobbing at the rim and doing those. So, it's 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 multiple guys locked in, knowing what they have to do and being playing team defense, and and we did that. There you go, JMU basketball coach Mark Byington. Dukes are twenty five and three. That's a school record for number of wins. Uh, sights on a potential at large bid to the NCAA tournament. Not out, not out of sight for them. Uh, them and App State going to duke it out in the Sun Belt Tournament. Very much could still win the league, take care of business that way as well. But I think JMU's got a great case either way. You know, we were I was wondering, uh, we did the Super Bowl, we did uh, Radio Row, had a ton of fun. I thought, what, what's this show going to be like when we get back, when it's all basketball? But uh, I think we've gotten our answer over the last couple of weeks. This has been a heck of a basketball season uh, between JMU the ups and downs of ECU, the spiders are rolling, uh, UVA and Tech, uh, the women's basketball's hotter than it's ever been, game day's coming to Tech this weekend. I think this, I think the answer is we're going to talk a lot of basketball, and it's going to be a lot of fun uh, as we roll towards March here. We're now seven days away from, from Leap Day, and then uh, then we jump into the madness. Uh, get get a bonus day of February this year, so uh, get excited for that. Then we'll we'll turn the calendar. March Madness starts next Friday. Uh, we'll be up at the ACC tournament in Washington D.C. That's going to be a ton of fun. AWOD's going to be up at the A10. Uh, I think there's a uh, there's a lot of basketball. I'm looking forward to watch it. Before we do any of that, of course, be at the A10 Women's Tournament, which is right here in good old Richmond. Virginia. All right, it's a Thursday. Phone lines are yours, 833-804-0910. We're live and local here until noon. AWOD Radio takes over in this very studio right after that. He's live and local as well. Before Grant and Danny drive you home, JC's here, Hazel's here. Hazel brought bagels. We're pumped about that. Lots, lots to get to today. But I haven't told my story from last week yet, and it's time. So I, I, I went on vacation last week after the Super Bowl because I've always said when you, when you spend a week in Vegas – you need a vacation after that. Uh, it felt like the right thing to do, so I I, I did. I went to the Bahamas last week uh, for three days. Uh, we, my wife and I, a couple friends, and when you go to the Bahamas, that's a foreign country. You need a passport. You know, you got to do all the things. You got to go through customs. I am not 
the kind of person that worries about stuff like that. Um, I'm not like a compulsive, like, got to make sure I have my passport, got to, you know, got to make sure all the information's right. Um, I'm the kind of, like, when we booked the tickets, the plane tickets to the Bahamas, I checked. Do I have a passport? Is is it valid? All those things. And then I threw it in my bag, and I didn't, I didn't think about it again. And so we get to the airport early in the morning, uh, excited for a few days of vacation, going to get a little R&R, going to sit by the beach. And we walk up to the counter, Delta Airlines, lovely people, Delta Airlines, serve little Biscoff cookies. I don't like the Biscoff cookies, but I like Delta Airlines. Yeah, oh, you're looking surprised. I don't like the Biscoff cookies. I'm a no on that. That threw me. Yeah, don't like them. <laughs> Goodness. Get to the counter. She swipes, you know, we're, we're with friends. There's four of us. So she swipes everybody's passport. And when she swipes my passport, it gives the <clears throat> noise. Like the, hmm, sorry, bud. Um, which is weird, but not like, we're not at catastrophic here. She looks at it. She says to me, I- I'm very sorry, but your passport's expired. You can't travel. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, we've got ourselves a situation now. That's a conundrum. Number one, I I, I want to go to the Bahamas. Number two, I've kind of ruined vacation for everybody else, so they're going to murder me. Um, <laughs> we're there early, and, and so uh, my wife says to me, why, why don't you just go home and go get your passport? I, I don't know where it would be. Like, I'm sure this is my old passport, obviously. I've right. got, you know, I've, I've got, I had to renew it a few years ago. I did the thing. This must be my old one. I'm holding it. I'm freaking out. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to the Bahamas. That, like, I don't know what to do. Fair assumption. Yeah. So what happened? Because I know you ended up going. I ended up there. Um, I'm freaking out. I don't want to. I'm like, I guess I will drive home, but I don't know where it is. Like, this isn't like you left it on the counter. Drive home, go grab it from the counter. Right, no. And, and hustle back here, try to make the flight, you know, like rom-com style, sprint through the airport, <laughs> try to make the flight before the door closes. No, it's somewhere in a folder, right? Like, Sure. No, I'm not a folder guy. No, stowed you, away. You've produced my show for long enough to know. I'm not a folder guy. I don't even know what I'm going to say at 10.15 this morning. I'm not a folder guy. Jeez. It, it's in the house somewhere. But you don't know. I'm going to have to tear the house apart top to bottom. Right. It, this could take days in a non-exaggerative way. To find this thing. <laughs> I, I'm in the elevator, going back to the car to drive home. I'm freaking out. Blood pressure, you know, is, is a thousand, a thousand over a thousand, whatever the numbers are. And I'm like, how did how did this happen? How did I screw this up? Yeah. A- and I flip open the passport again. I'm kind of like expecting to see all the places I went in my 20s, my old passport. But it's not. It's the places I've been recently. I'm like, well, this is weird. This is my passport. I do have my passport. So I, I look, and it's not expired. It says it expires in 2029. And I'm running the note. What year is it? Now I'm second-guessing everything. I've been gaslit here. Like, what year is it? I think it's 2024, right? right. It's definitely not 2029. Not yet. I go back in. I go back up to the counter. I, I'm sorry. I, I think my passport's good. And... She looks at me and she flips the. I cut the line, you know, long line. I cut the line, like, I'm, the, you know, yeah. I need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. She she flips through. She goes, oh yeah, sorry, and then just goes back, <laughs> goes back to processing. Lady, are you kidding me? I mean, like, you know, the the blood pressure is spiked here. The heart rates the heart rates thumping. I'm Lance Armstrong climbing the mountains in the Alps here on the Tour de France. That's that's the heart rate we're working with here. Dude. All I've done is stand in an elevator. 
That's yeah. I'm, I wouldn't know how to contain myself. Did you did you contain yourself okay, do you think? I got on the plane, so I think that counts as containing myself for sure. <laughs> she scans the passport again. It does the <laughs> again. And, and she's like, oh, I don't know. But what what leads you to assume it must be expired and not bother to look? She didn't even when look. It, well, I, I'm assuming she didn't look when it when it went. Ah, she's ah, oh, you're expired. Get out of here. And because she didn't, because you assumed I took that her she she's looked. an air, she's an airline professional. Look. She's yeah. in the industry. Yeah, they do this for a living. Mm-hmm. It's their job. Good um, gravy. Good so, gravy. She makes a call. Is on the phone with somebody. I don't know. I don't know what I, I may, maybe I'm like internationally wanted. I don't know. <laughs> the ticket prints out. I grab it. I sprint to the gate. Like we're not. We're not. No further questions. <laughs> right. We're done here. Interrogation time is over. Yeah, I'm uh, getting on my dang plane. I'm sprinting to the gate. All right. That is insane. Part two of this story. Oh, Let's no. go. All right. This isn't me. So we we're at the gate. We go to the flight, and you know how like oh there's not enough space in the bin for everybody. Can you check your bag? And so we all checked our bags. It's free. It's, it's a complimentary service, whatever. Right. Um, you know, we're flying through Atlanta, and we're in Atlanta, and we're about to get lunch. And my friend says, you know, or somebody says, like, what, what, you know, what do we need for this next flight? And I said, we just your boarding pass and your passport. Um, to which my friend says, do you you need your passport for this? I said, ha ha ha, like. I'm still sensitive about this. <laughs> this is not the time for jokes. I'm very Too sensitive soon. right now. You go, no, I don't have my passport. I said, what, what kind of bid is this? Of course you have your passport. Yeah, we, we did it. You know, I put it in my suitcase after we checked in. The suitcase got checked. It's under the plane. What? <laughs> Why would you do this? It's a disaster. This whole thing's a disaster. <laughs> what a fiasco. Yeah. I can't say anything. I'm the guy who almost cost us the trip. <laughs> right, but now I, I think you you're are, doing a bit on me. You are equally as frustrated as you were with yourself at him now. I don't know. I don't I just this whole thing's cursed. Like do yeah. we need to just is this Turn a around. sign from the universe? <laughs> Turn around, go spend three days in Richmond, Virginia, like go sit under a heat lamp in a tanning salon or something. I don't know. <laughs> it does seem like a sign. <laughs> yeah, multiple signs. A lot, point, signs. Yeah. a lot of signs. A lot of signs. the the good people at Delta Airlines, who do owe us one at this point if you're keeping score, did send somebody to go into the cargo hold of the plane. Get the bag, bring Heck it, yeah, bring Delta. it out, so he so he could board. Um, that we're neutral, we're even. Uh-huh. That's a, that was a nice thing, but if you're keeping score, we're but back. That in, we're back to even. That initial <laughs> just not looking at the expiration date thing, they owed you for that for sure. Uh, we had a lovely time, you know. Got got refreshed, you you know. We're I think the radio show has been better than ever since we got back. <laughs> but you know, football's over. Like football's my wheelhouse. And now you know, basketball just keeps giving. So we're here. It's, it's basketball the gift that season. Keeps on giving. Things are good. Uh, wild night in the A10. Uh, we got to review these bagels. We got a lot to get to today. Going to be a busy show. 833-804-0910. If you want to jump on board, Lane Casadane joins us at 11. We're off and running. It's MP on the mic. Thanks for joining us. It's a Thursday morning on 910 The Fan, now 105.1. Number two underway. We'll start it with a bang. Lane Casadante, our friend, sports uh, director at CBS 6. Uh, Lane, how's it going? Hey, good morning, Michael. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you were over at VCU. Let's start with that. Uh, Ryan Odom and Beth O'Boyle this morning. Uh, I would imagine one's maybe feeling better than the other after recent results. 
One is uh, definitely interested in seeing their team repeat what they <laughs> did recently, and the other one has slightly uh, different emotions about that. Yes. I think that's fair to say. Uh, the, the VCU women... Um, are going for an attendance record next uh, next weekend at the Siegel Center. They they got a ton of momentum. Uh, tell us about what they're doing there. Uh, they're try- it's really an initiative. They're trying to obviously um, shine more of a spotlight on women's sports and girls in sports, and you know the opportunities that it can provide um, through athletics. And they're just trying to use their it's their season it's their home finale it's their senior day and they're just trying to use that as something of a platform to bring as much attention to the sport to the game and specifically to their team as they can um so that's what they're trying to do and you know coming off a huge win last night and a huge second half effort which O'Boyle called probably the best defense that they've played all year, if not maybe over the last couple of seasons, by holding St. Joe's, who was tied for the lead in the A-10 with Richmond, to only 12 second-half points. That's pretty good. Um, that's a pretty good effort. And uh, and I asked her if she could give us the PG version of whatever she said <laughs> in the locker room at halftime. And she said she's gotten that question a lot, but it wasn't really anything more than just refocusing on what – you know, the principles that made them successful throughout the season up until that point. And they just, you know, they started to press. They started to trap in the second half. They they felt that St. Joe's got a lot of their first-half points off of VCU mistakes and just cut out your own mistakes, turn up the pressure on them a little bit and see what happens, and it worked out. It's a good team, and they're going to be a ton of fun to watch. I'm excited. Got the A-10 Women's Basketball Tournament in Richmond this year, and uh, Spiders are number one in the A-10 now uh, all by themselves. It's going to be a fun week of basketball. Well, and I tell you, it's uh, both the men and the women over at Richmond right now are in the number one seed in their respective conferences, and that can change, obviously, over the last two weeks of the regular season. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty good time. And that was, that was another thing that O'Boyle mentioned, the fact that you know the A-10 Women's Tournament is coming to the new complex in Henrico, and it's just it's a focus on the women's game in this area that, we probably haven't seen. I know the A-10 came to the Coliseum for a few years, um, but there's a little more hype and interest surrounding this new building in Henrico and the fact that you know this is the first time they're hosting something of a it's you know something of a national tournament, more of a regional effort with the A-10. But there's just a lot of excitement around it for all those reasons. No doubt. Let, let's slide to the men for a second. Lane Casadane joins us. On Thursdays, I say on Thursdays, I think it's been a month since we've had you on, but I'm excited to have you on. Um, And and I I devoted a chunk of my show to this the other day. Uh, I think UVA's in. Uh, I think if it started tomorrow, Tech and uh, VCU are out. I think Richmond and JMU are are solidly in that maybe camp. What what do you make of the scene here as as we start sprinting down this this last two-week stretch? Well, unfortunately, as competitive as the A-10 is, uh, it also kind of has a tendency to eat its own at this time of the year. And if you look at the projections of the bracketology, you'll see that the A-10 right now is only a one-bid league. Um, You know, fair or not fair, um, that's the way it's looking right now. And the one thing, (laughs) I always wanted to ask people this, have you ever gone back and seen 
how accurate Joel Lunardi has been? Well, I mean, seriously. Here's Nobody the thing about to do that. Here's the thing about Joe Lunardi, though. He he changes it like an hour before the bracket comes out, and that's the one he grades himself <laughs> off of. He he doesn't grade himself off of the February twenty second bracket lane. And and you know and and obviously for you know for obvious reasons that's that's fair you know because a lot can change in the last two weeks we just said that but um, I honestly think boy you know I for the overall good of the conference and I, I asked Ryan Odom this this morning as well it's like you know how do you make heads or tails of a conference like this where you see so many teams like UMass coming out and beating BCU by 20. Uh, George Mason upsetting 16th-ranked Dayton up in Fairfax last night. Ryan argued that he thinks that points to the depth of the league. Well, unfortunately, the bracketologists aren't seeing it that way. So, um, you know, for the good of the league, you'd almost like to see those top three or four teams separate themselves, get more of a national stature so that you know, it won't come down to Sunday afternoon in Brooklyn. At least if you think you made it that far, you can be reasonably assured that you're going to hear your name called later that night. You know, you you can sell all the parody you want to sell. When LaSalle beats St. Bonaventure, when Mason beats Dayton, I, I, you can't sell me on you can't sell me, but so far on parody when the one of the last place teams is beating the Bonnies who who you know have some talent. Yeah, and, and, you know, St. Bonaventure has beaten DCU twice that year, so that doesn't do anything for the Rams' overall net and their overall, uh, their overall resume. So, and I get where, you know, it means that it's competitive. It means that it's exciting. It means that you have no idea what might happen in Brooklyn in two and a half weeks. Um, but, you know, the rest of the country kind of looks at it and says, mm, forget it. Um, and I, I don't know that that does the overall conference that much of a service. I don't. I don't think it does at all. I, I think Dayton's in. I think probably the best thing for the A10 would be for Dayton to not win in Brooklyn. But we got a long ways between here and there. Joined by Lane Casadane, CBS Six. All right, Lane. I, I know you're always game for this. I want to throw it back because we haven't talked in a while. You had a, a really good interview with Denny Hamlin uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, obviously, Manchester guy, Richmond guy. I am fascinated by Denny. Because he has become the villain on the circuit over the past, you know, five to ten years. And you asked him about it. I, I'm curious if you take me back to that interview and, and what you thought of, of your time with Denny Hamlin. You know, I will give Denny this, and he has his detractors for one reason or another. But whatever he does, he does it full speed ahead and full throttle. And he does it with almost no hint of remorse or um, indecision. And I asked him, the, the line that made me laugh out loud was at Bristol last year where he just looked at the entire crowd and said, I just beat your favorite driver. And I mentioned <laughs> this to him during the interview. I said that sounded just like Bobby the Brain Heenan, who to me <laughs> was a comedic and just entertainment genius um, from the world of professional wrestling. And and Denny laughed at that. And he, you know, he, he actually made the point that uh, – um, you know, all the fans that he interacts with are great, but the fans in the stands, the ones that, you know, have no fear of retribution or even, you know, confronting the person that they're denigrating face to face, you know, he's like, they talk smack, I talk smack back. You know, it, he doesn't take anything personally by it. I personally think it's 
great for NASCAR because for the longest time we had all these characters and all of these personalities in the sport. And then it kind of got homogenized when all the money came in and all the corporate money came in. And now everybody has to have an image and everybody represents more than just themselves or their team. And they're representing several different brands across the giant spectrum. So now you're starting to see a couple of personalities come forward. And I think NASCAR desperately needs it. Um, and Denny is now, he's kind of like the old man in the garage. You know, he's the voice of reason. Not the, maybe not the voice of reason, but he's the voice of experience. And he's, he's kind of taken over for that Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson and those guys who have been around forever. And I asked him, you know, do other drivers look at you or do you have that in the back of your mind that you're kind of representing more than just yourself and you speak for the entire garage when you go talk to NASCAR? And I think he understands that. I think he gets it. I think he understands marketing. Um, and I don't think he's bothered by uh, any of the booze whatsoever. I think he feeds off it, and I, oh, I, I do think it's good for the sport. I, I think it's great for the sport, and I, I think he's leaning into it a little bit more. Um, I think his podcast has helped them out a lot in terms of having his story out there and you know working with Dale Jr. on that, and, and I think kind of embracing that not everybody's going to like me, but the, and that and that's okay because I, I think he struggled with that for a little while. Um, but I, I agree with you. It's just I, I think it's not to suggest that NASCAR is going to be what it was in the '90s ever again. But it feels like if it's going to have a resurgence, it's going to be... And you see Formula One, right? They're on Netflix now. NASCAR's on Netflix. You need that drama. You need those characters to, to sell it. And you also, you need someone that is willing to pull the curtain back a little bit to inform the fans, hey, you saw this. This is why you saw this. Or, you know, what happened between these two guys? Well, this is what happened. And things that you can't you know, ascertain just by either watching it on TV or listening to the guys on the radio. Um, you know, as much as NASCAR may not want some of their dirty laundry out there, it's mm-hmm. good to have it. It's good for any, it's good for the NFL. It's good for major league baseball. You know, they're going to try and control the message and, you know, spin everything that the fans see. But every once in a while, you got to let the fans know what's going on because that just, you know, that will continue their interest in the sport, gives them more of an understanding of what they're seeing and why they're seeing it. NFL's the king of that. They let us back in the locker rooms right away, right? All, all news, it's not necessarily good news, but it's moving the needle and it's moving product and it's keeping those ratings up. Uh, Lane Casadane, CBS 6, what, what we got cooking uh, this week, Lane? Well, I tell you what, tonight um, we've got a very interesting profile of uh, Manchester assistant football coach Justin Akers. And we sometimes in sports we throw the term hero around, uh, maybe a little too loosely. But tonight at 11, we're going to explain to you just why people are calling Justin Akers a hero. And it's not for one thing that he's done. It's for multiple things that he has done in the past couple of months. Um, he's a kid that played football at Baylor with RG3. Um, and he has, let's just say he's been in the right place at the right time on more than one occasion recently, and there are there are several people who are glad that he was. Man, I love it. I'll be watching CBS 6 tonight, only local TV sports team in town, and we're glad they're, glad they're here to tell stories like that, which certainly deserve to be told. Lane, thanks for making a little time for us. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. Have a great weekend, everybody. All right, off he goes. Lane Casadante, who mentioned uh, the parody in the A-10, a wild night in the A-10 last night. George Mason knocks off Dayton, and LaSalle gets St. Bonaventure. It's uh, 
It's a, a muddied picture as we head down the final two-week stretch here. Get ready for Sunday's VCU game. You'll hear it right here on the fans. Sold out already at the Siegel Center as they take on St. Joseph's. And one that would be nice to have as they uh, point the compass towards Brooklyn. We're just a couple weeks away here. Thanks to Lane for joining us. We are back with more right after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. All right, big day in Ashburn yesterday. The Washington Commanders introduced their new assistant coaches to reporters. They got a, a it's a deep staff, um, which I think was probably exaggerated by the financial uh, hand tied behind the back nature of the end of the Dan Snyder years, right? So you've got, you know, you've got a lot of coaches here, but also other teams have had a lot of coaches for a few years now. That's becoming increasingly common. Uh, these guys were just cheap for the last few years and and didn't have that. Uh, but it was fascinating to hear from them. There, there's a ton of head coaching experience. So we'll play some clips here. These are from our guy, Scott Abraham, ABC7, up in D.C. Um, Brian Johnson is probably the most intriguing of the bunch to me. He was the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator last year. Uh, and if you followed the Philadelphia Eagles season, it went really well until it went not well at all. Um, they were considered the Super Bowl favorites at one point in the season, and the, the wheels came off in spectacular fashion after one of the toughest stretches of scheduling in NFL history. Um, and he was part of the offense for the previous couple of years as well. So I'm intrigued. He's got the uh, assistant head coach label, so he's the number two on staff to Dan Quinn. A lot of times the assistant head coach isn't one of the coordinators, right? He's just he's a guy who has experience and, and can step up in, in, if needed in an interim way. Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator here. Brian Johnson will assist him. You've got a lot of cooks in that kitchen, but you've got a lot of really experienced cooks in that kitchen. Uh, also a guy who's been with a division rival now for the last three years, which isn't nothing, especially considering commanders have been pretty close to beating the Eagles and, and some of their biggest wins have been against the Eagles. Uh, here's Brian Johnson chatting with Scott Abraham yesterday. The way things ended in Philly for you, is there a part of you, maybe some extra fire, and be like, you know what, I didn't like how that ended. I, I got something to prove type deal. Well, I would say this, like, you know, the – I love this game so much, and it teaches you um, so many life lessons, right? It teaches you how to deal with success, how to deal with adversity. Um, you know, we talk to our players about this all the time. Like, you know, it's not about what happens to you. It's always about how you respond, right? And, uh, you know, your, your response has to be um, ready to go because, you know, you can try to control what you can control and make sure, you know, the one thing that I know that I'm in complete control of is my attitude and how I respond to any situation that I'm put in. And so uh, that's what my focus is. I'm excited for this challenge. I'm excited for a new opportunity um, to get rolling and, uh, you know, looking forward, to, uh, looking forward to getting ready to go. Is there an extra fire? That fire burns. Uh, that fire burns all the time. You know, so like for, for me, like there doesn't need to be an extra fire because that fire is already burning. Right. And uh, we do this. Everybody's really, really competitive. And, you know, you don't need any extra motivation uh, when you get in between these white lines. We're at the maximum amount of fire. No, we cannot increase the amount of fire any further than it's already been firing at. There's no 
There's no 11 here. We can't we can't crank the fire up to 11. It's at 10. It's going to stay at 10. It's a 10. The fire is a 10, and it's burning. Can't be on fire anymore. We're getting after it. It's a fascinating <laughs> offensive room. Uh, Brian Johnson, man, he was an offensive coordinator. He was calling the plays in Philly. Uh, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury's got his ideas. Dan Quinn's going to have his ideas on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then let's let's toss on the pile Anthony Lynn. He's the running backs coach for the Commanders. He was the head coach of the Chargers for four years, ending in 2020. Uh, he comes from San Francisco, where he was the assistant head coach. Uh, here is Anthony Lynn yesterday chatting with uh, Scott Abraham. Dan and I, we kind of came up the same way. We had the same agent. He connected us together. He said, you know, you guys are so much alike. I want you to meet each other. And we've just been friends ever since. And we've always talked about doing it together one day. You know, he went to the Falcons. I went to the Chargers as head coaches. And it didn't work out by either one of us. And, and now we're here. And I just know what type of man he is. I know what type of leadership the organization has right now. And then you bring Adam Peters over. I was with Adam the last two years in San Francisco. He's awesome. This is an exciting time for the franchise because, as you know, there's been some down days uh, here over the last several years. But now there's new energy, uh, kind of a new culture. Is that something you wanted to be a part of and kind of be part of the solution to bring this franchise to where it's supposed to be? You know, just from studying this team a year ago, uh, when Ron was here, he had offered me the coordinator spot. I remember that. So I I did study this team a little bit, and I was excited then. And so uh, I knew the team a little bit. Uh, I don't think we're as far away as people think. And with the leadership we have and the new ownership we have and organization having some stability, I just saw this was an opportunity to go be a part of something that I think is going to be special. You know, you worked with a lot of special backs, especially with Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. You come over here, Brian Robinson Jr., most likely going to be on the roster. What have you seen from Brian just on tape and just knowing him, uh, you know, in the league? Well, I know from studying Brian coming out of Alabama, I thought Brian was the most physical runner coming out of college football. And he has nice hands uh, for a back his size. And, and you know, he's, he's what I call an A-back. Usually that B-back is your receiving type back. But Brian, I think, can do a little bit of both. He's, he's a bruiser and he can catch passes. All right, don't, don't overlook the, the main part of that, though. That was Anthony Lynn. He's the new commander's running back coach. One of many coaches on the staff with head coaching experience was the head coach of the Chargers for four years. Um, casually dropped in there. I know a little something about this team from when Ron offered me the offensive coordinator job last year. Um, I didn't know that. Scotty Abraham, by the way, consummate professional there, gave the little like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, no, I don't think. Did you know that, Awad? That's that's new. That's fr- We would have known that, right? Because they they made such a show out of, look, we got Eric Bieniemy. I don't think anybody stopped to consider were there other targets along the way. That's fascinating to me that Ron Rivera, uh, that Eric Bieniemy was at least not the first choice for that position. Now, he was an easy name to sell, and I I mean, I'm still in on it. I'm still in on Eric Bieniemy. I'm not out on Eric Bieniemy. But that's fascinating to me that Anthony Lynn got offered that job first, coming off of a, a, a very strong season, obviously, in San Francisco. They had... They were one game away from the Super Bowl, had that NFC title game where all all their quarterbacks got hurt, uh, and the Eagles ended up making the Super Bowl. Uh, coached up Christian McCaffrey at the end of that season. I I mean, I'm interested in two facets of that here. One, just the the behind-the-scenes wrangling that led to Eric Bieniemy. Were there other guys as well? Because I still think Eric Bieniemy was a good hire, both like now and in retrospect. 
I think Eric Bieniemy was a good choice to be offensive coordinator of the Commanders, and it wasn't unthinkable that he was going to have success and slide into the head coaching chair. I still think that a year later, it didn't happen. He, he doesn't get to be head coach. He, I don't know where he's going to end up on on his rehab slash, you know, washing off the grime of Ashburn stint. But I still think he could be a head coach someday, and I think he was a great choice to bring in. But from Anthony Lynn's perspective as well, turning Ron down for that job uh, and, and waiting because he's not the offensive coordinator here now. He's he's the run game coordinator, which, you know, whatever that means in the big scheme of things, he got a nice title. Um, the running backs coach traditionally operates with the offensive line coach, not with the offensive coordinator, who's more of a passing specialist. So, you know, him and Bobby Johnson be your guys there. I. His his read of that team a year ago, or his agent had to have been in his ear, right, telling him, don't do that. That's a dead-end job. Because there aren't a lot of guys out here turning down offensive coordinator positions and head coaching positions. There's one. He's in Detroit. He, there's a, there was a bit of a kerfuffle about that. Ben Johnson. Uh, Anthony Lynn offered the offensive coordinator job by Ron last year, he said, yesterday. And looked at the roster, looked at what was going on, because I, I looked at the roster and I saw what Eric Bieniemy saw, which is this is a team being held back by Scott Turner. You got a lot of skill pieces to work with. I think you can take this this group a step forward. Um, Anthony Lynn looked at it and said, this is a dead-end job. This guy's about to get fired. I don't need to be riding the carousel again. I'm going to hang out here in San Francisco for another year. The right decision, by the way, in the end. Uh, but a fascinating turn of events there uh, where Anthony Lynn just casually drops – I was here last year when Ron offered me the offensive coordinator job. That's a fascinating retrospect right there. Uh, let's slide in to Vita Pritchard to wrap up uh, some of these offensive guys here at the skill positions because people don't know Tavita Pritchard's name, um, but they should. He is he's not Sean McVay. Everybody's oh, we see the next Sean McVay. Everybody everybody's trying to find the next Sean McVay. He's not the next Sean McVay. He's the young guy on this staff most likely to be famous in 10 years, though. Uh, he's the quarterback's coach. Uh, so here's his interview with uh, with our guy, Scott Abraham, ABC7 in D.C. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it falls to, you know, Adam and, and DQ to make that decision. Um, but, but what you know, what they've made very clear is, you know, everyone has a voice, whether it's, uh, you know, in the draft and free agency and what we're doing on offense. You know, it's, it's what's clear is, you know, all of us are, are smarter than, than one of us, you know, and so I think it's, I think it's really, uh, it's exciting going forward. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited and intrigued, you know, at the prospect of, uh, you know, going into it and, and being with obviously a, a new staff, a GM who I think does a phenomenal job that I get to see this process from this side, from behind the scenes and be a part of it, you know, cause I'm just excited to get into it and, and, and all that goes into, you know, having a pick like this and, and just where we'll go from here. And listen, viewers, don't forget Sam Howell still on this roster, a very good quarterback. Back. What have you seen from him and his growth, and do you feel like he's earned the right to, to compete for that QB1 uh, come 2024 here in the regular season? Yeah, I had so much fun working with Sam this last year. And obviously, you know, we didn't accomplish what we wanted to as a team in the season, especially in the wins and loss column. Uh, but when you just talk about Sam and as, in, as an individual, as a player, uh, the growth that, that he made over the course of the season, you know, I've, he obviously had his ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the way that I know that he'll use that going forward for him as a springboard into the rest of his career, I can't say enough about the person that he is, the competitor he is. That's uh I, I, I'm going to go ahead and forget that Sam Howell's on the roster. I, I, I get the question. I get the thought. Um, 
they're moving forward with somebody else here, right? They're they're moving forward with either whoever they pick at number two or if they trade that pick back, whoever they got. They're not running it back next year with just Sam Howell. Uh, this is a group that understands they can't do that. Whether that's – I still think they'll turn in the card at number two. I think if you're divvying up the pie chart, it's most likely they turn in the card at number two. They pick a quarterback. They develop that quarterback. And by the way, I'm very much on record as saying I would start – Sam Howell week one next year and not the rookie quarterback. I would not throw him straight into that unless there are big changes on the offensive line and you feel a lot better about their ability to protect over a 17-game season. But Davida Pritchard, he'll be the quarterback's coach again. He worked hand-in-hand with Sam Howell. He will be a valuable asset to Howell because he will help him learn the new system and adjust to the new system because Cliff Kingsbury, he's got his ways of doing things. Pritchard will be the translator there make it, making that work. He was at Stanford. He played at Stanford uh, for for four years and then stayed at Stanford for another 13 in various capacities as a coach before he came to D.C. last year. He's a sharp dude, and uh, he'll be important because it's his job to take the stuff Cliff Kingsbury dreams up and get it translated to the quarterback so that they can execute it on the field and whoever that is. And he said, you know, I was told I'll have a voice in who we take. And you like that, right? You wouldn't say Dan Quinn should unilaterally be picking at number two, or even Adam Peters should unilaterally be picking at number two. He'll be consulting with the scouts. He'll be consulting with the coaches. Next week's Combine Week, uh, you're going to hear a lot about each of these three guys, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. And don't let anybody explain to you that, that one of them sucks or one of them's great or anything like that. There's... There's a lot of gray area on all three of these guys. Statistically speaking, one of them's going to rock. Uh, one of them's going to have a great career. One of them's probably going to, to be a bust. And one of them's going to be all right, just statistically speaking. Don't listen to anybody who tells you definitively they know who that is because nobody knows definitively who that is. You, you can have your hunches, but there's a lot of gray area in this discussion. All right, one more segment in this hour. When we get to the top of the hour, Lane Casadante joins us. He was with uh, Ryan Odom and Beth O'Boyle, VCU's basketball coaches, earlier this morning. So we'll uh, hear from him about that as the Rams, the uh, men's Rams, get ready for St. Joseph's this weekend, big Sunday matinee game. The women's Rams get ready for next weekend's game where they're attempting to set an attendance record at the Seagull Center. We'll dive into all that with Lane Casadante. More after this, you're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. That's like a triumphant music there. All right, let's go. I feel like we're off to a good start here on uh, Thursday. MP on the mic, 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM Worldwide on the free Odyssey app. We're off to a great start this morning. JC. Uh, fun times, and we've got bagels today. That's what matters. Hazel brought the bagels. You used to work at Chewy's Bagels, is that right? Indeed. Could still work at Chewy's Bagels? Not anymore. No. I mean, you look, it's before I wake up. You do it, you do whatever you want to do on that time. That's uh, do, does not interfere with your duties here in, in <laughs> any way. Uh, it's like, you know, the morning show people here. Whatever they do, none of my business. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to hear it. What time do you have to wake up to work at a bagel shop? 4 a.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, wow. You know, that's I'm brutal. lucky it's not three. <laughs> um, it yeah. always be worse. All right. These are Chewy's bagels. They're from Carytown. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I love a good bagel. These are good bagels. Um, are they like wood fired? I'm, I'm tasting something here. What am I What am I tasting? Well, they're boiled, so you boil them and 
you know, lie and then you bake them. So that's why they got that crust on them. Okay. They're sourdough. They're sourdough. That's, that's the secret with Chewies. They're sourdough bagels. Mm-hmm. So the, they're that's sourdough not common. Bread. That's not common, right? No. Okay. Because they, they, they had a unique <laughs> taste. To, they're very good. They had a unique taste to them. Yeah, they're they're good. They're, it's an old starter. It's very nice. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's a... Uh, do people... Do, is the marketing on that note, do people get tripped up by this? Uh, they do. They do. People, uh, <laughs> I've heard it said that it's not a bagel. It's a sourdough bread shaped like a bagel. So it is a BSO. <laughs> it is a bagel shaped object. <laughs> you are not a big fan of this chain. An unidentified <laughs> yes. BSO. A bagel shaped object. Yes. Well, so they're saying it's not a real bagel because you use sourdough? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, get out of town. No. That's where not... do you think we are, New York? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Richmond bagel. I here. think New York would welcome stuff like that, though. Like, you go to New York, there's all kinds of gimmicky bagels. Yeah, that's true. They got the rainbow bagels? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we... We've I've had the rainbow bagel in New York. Absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you think native New Yorkers respect the rain, rainbow bagel though? Mm. I think I feel native- like most of the native New Yorkers I meet are very much like, hey, if it ain't like I've I've had it since I was like <laughs> five years old, you know, back in the Bronx. That's that's the way we love it. Um, they, they don't have, want it. They have kids though. Kids kids love the rainbow bagel. Kids, for sure. kids love rainbows. Kids yeah. love colors. Well, it's, uh, it, um, the place that does it, um, which is like a chain in New York, they have like a hundred cream cheeses too. Wow. Oh yeah, they've they had. I'm about that Oreo cream cream cheese. Let's so, go. Specific. So yeah, very specific. It tasted <laughs> I'm about it. It tasted <laughs> no like cookie. spreading the inside huh. of an Oreo on the bagel. On the bagel. That's a little much for me. It is actually a little much. It yeah. could be. Yeah, that could be too rich. It, it, it sugary rich yeah, yeah. you don't you yeah. don't want your bagel too sugary i'll do a cinnamon bagel i'm not opposed oh. to that but i okay you can't I forgot go forgot about cinnamon for sweetness on a bagel yeah, yeah you can do That's a sweet good. bagel but i think we all agree savory's the play here right yeah okay although i will say chewy seasonal cream cheese right now is mixed berry which seems a good sweet. You know, that's handleable. I could Mixed do that. berry cream cheese. Mm-hmm. I can um, do that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I like blueberry cream cheese. I, yeah. I I don't think I'd want to combine those with like an egg bagel. Like, you know, putting oh. an egg or egg sandwich bagel. Oh, that's a different type of it's just a completely different beast. <laughs> no, I like right? to put cream cheese on my egg sandwich bagel. Really? I do. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Okay. I might have to try that because I've never... bagel professional here. Not judging Mm -hmm. me. Just just validating my choices. (laughs) Well, you, the consummate foodie, boy, you're you're an idiot. Like, what what are you thinking? Gosh, Gosh, what was I thinking? You don't cream cheese with the egg? Yeah. No, not Egg, bacon, cream cheese. I don't know. I feel like I've always had like a breakfast bagel with like a, a schmear of like aioli or or something like that, you know. I've, I've, <laughs> All right. I got to do it because cream cheese is kind of sweet, right? Aioli, which I've learned over the years, is just a fancy word that means mayonnaise, basically. Um, yeah. So you're good with slathering mayonnaise on, but cream cheese, we got to draw the line somewhere. I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid to make a stand. I will have mayo on my breakfast bagel, but not like I wouldn't have just mayo on a bagel. Yeah. Like if it's going to be one topping, it's going to be cream cheese. I feel like this is actually the educated foodie opinion we're getting yeah. here. And I'm like, they made it out of Oreos. It's great. You got to try it. <laughs> no, to be fair, I probably sucker. would. I'm the sucker for this stuff. Probably. Yeah. Last time we were in New York, we were in Brooklyn. They had it was just like a little storefront, and what didn't even have an inside. You just went up to the window and got the bagels. Yeah, I think it was Luke's. 
uh, but it was very good. Okay. Uh, just okay. In, in one of those warehousey neighborhoods in Brooklyn, you know, like they're trying to do Scott's edition. They, they're not doing it as well as we're doing it. Whatever. <laughs> they, you know, I don't hold it. They don't against, have enough space. I don't hold it against them, but they're, they're trying. <laughs> they're trying their best. Good for them. Uh, Scott's edition still the place to be. Richmond's a bagel town. Yeah. Chewy's, Nate's. Mm-hmm. Who? What am I missing here? Do we have a third? Uh, good Bailey's ba- bagels. That see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is uh, Sub Rosa does bagels, right? No. No. No, no, no bagels at no, Sub Rosa. No, no. no, but they do a great croissant. And yeah. They're that's the one seat. One seat of croissants. And the pon the pon chocolate or pon chocolate or whatever. Mm. Better you than me say on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a chocolate <laughs> croissant, basically. Sourdough shaped sourdough. Not bagel shaped sourdough. <laughs> like an actual bread shaped sourdough yeah. bread. Is there like a sourdough bagel starter? Like it's been been around for for years, or you you started up fresh every day? Oh yeah, it's been around. It's been around. We call her mother. <laughs> right. The mother. The uh, mother of all bagels. The mother starter. All Chewy's bagels. That's great. I do know about this. What's the? And there's another word for it though, right? The hmm. the mother yeast. I'm not I feel sure. Like there's some sort of foolish. There's many words. Sure. The French have a million words for, you Did know, you say water. poolish? Poolish. I think that's what I was Levon. thinking of. Oh, mm-hmm. look at you. You're speaking different languages now. <laughs> we've we've gone so far off the tracks. There's there's no there's no coming back from that. Basketball? We're people of culture here. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Anyway, they make it out of Oreos. It's great. <laughs> you gotta try, you gotta you try. try the Oreo. You gotta cream. try the Oreo. Just the cream, though. Uh, just, just the cream. No, it's it's not good. You got you stick with the regular. You brought two kinds of cream cheese. This the very much, very much. One was the vegan cream cheese. Yeah, I'm gonna scallion. be honest. I I didn't try it. That's um, okay. But it's it, really, really good. I'm sure it is. It's yeah. really, really good. <laughs> I, I'm not disputing from that. From afar. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy. I'll enjoy other people enjoying <laughs> it from here. And I had to go ahead and do uh, best of both worlds. So I. Did the vegan on one and the regular on the other? The book. You fantastic. put them together or eat them separately? I mean them separately. Mm-hmm. Which one's, still working on which the Which side's better, the top or the bottom? Oh, always the top. I'm I'm definitely a top. Is that is that true? Bagel guy. I always eat it together, so I don't know. Yeah. Do people have strong opinions on this matter? Oh, you know. always eat your bagels. Yeah, in I just sandwich I, form. I it, it was a sliced bagel. I put uh-huh. the cream cheese on. I sandwiched it up, and, and then, then I boom. ate. I ate it. Did I do that wrong? No, <laughs> that's no, that's just a way to do it. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> I was just making sure of your uh, method of attack here on the bagel. I've never eaten the top and the bottom separately. I feel like they would have. I'm weird. I feel like they're two distinct <laughs> items that, that they would be different. When they are, them, yeah. They are the two very distinct. Because the t- bottom's got more of a, more of a chewy, you know, thick texture to it. The top is always more fluffy. I it's prefer the top. Seinfeld, the bagel, t- the the muffin tops. <laughs> it's, it's just it's the top of the muffin. You got it. <laughs> That's all people want. You nailed it. All right, we'll step aside for a minute here. Uh, Washington Commanders assistant coaches introduced yesterday. We'll play the clips to you. We'll drive down that road. Uh, and one guy who says he was offered the offensive coordinator job under Ron Rivera. How about that? Back with more after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. All right, so EA is bringing back the college sports video game. Uh, Mike Florio, who noted noted rabble rouser, Mike Florio. Uh, he's he used to be an attorney. Now now he writes about things. So EA has offered there are eleven thousand college football players in the active in in the U.S. They've offered all of them six hundred dollars to lend their name likeness and image 
to the new game. Uh, the College Football Players Association is urging the players to boycott the deal. Um, quote, it's just a ridiculously low amount of money given the context and hype that surrounds this game. They point out that NFL players get $17,000 for lending their image to the Madden game. That's the number they quote. What they're missing here is there are college football players who are famous who deserve more than $600. There are also college football players who are the third string right guards at Colgate who who are $600 richer than they would have been before this offer. Right. It's a sliding scale situation. Sure. There's no like there's no like one price fits all here. I like I like the idea of everybody gets the same offer as opposed to like you, your quarterback at LSU, you get $100,000, you, you're the punter at Kansas, here's $4. Right. No, I mean it's it's a likeness just the same. I I like I like the approach. Um of spreading it out evenly among everybody. Maybe that makes me a communist. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what these people are missing, it's not the NFL, because in the NFL, there's 900 players, and pretty much they're all famous. Like, by the time the commander season kicks off, if you're a fan, you pretty much know everybody on the roster. There's 53 of them. You know all of them. There's 11,000 college football players. It's a different scale. It's a totally different thing. Right. I'm excited though. I'm excited for I wasted so much time as a kid on that game. Oh. Just enormous amounts of time. Those were the golden era of, of sports video games. I was a I was a huge fan of Madden growing up. Oh. All those sports video games were great. And going way back, way uh, back. NBA Jam. He's on fire was my absolute awesome, jam. Baby. Oh Little Dicky V. Little Dicky V. I got you. Uh Tony Hawk. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Talk about a legendary game. I mean, I could wax poetic forever, but <laughs> you lead, I'll follow, Mike. That's how we dance. Uh, there's, I had it on the N64, right? Just all the different moves. That soundtrack was great, too. Oh, man. I thought about queuing up uh, Superman by Goldfinger for this segment. That was on the soundtrack. Um, great was song. The, was the Rage Against the Machine on that one, Bulls on Parade? Was that uh, it was Gorilla Radio. It was Gorilla Radio. It was. On THPS 2. Yes. Don't mess with me. I know these soundtracks. Like you, the back of my hand. You were bringing that back. You came in today noted I was wearing Vans. I told you I was going skateboarding later. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't buy that, even for half a second. Unbelievable. I immediately I'm too called old to, him. to be plausibly a skateboarder. Immediately called you. I said, ha. No, you're not. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I'm still wearing I'm still wearing the shoes, but um that that's a hard no for me. I would if somebody gave me tickets to the X Games though, I'm there. Oh my god. Don't gosh. have to tell me twice. Dude, I'm there in a heartbeat. I you I'm not sure I could name a single pro skateboarder in the game right now though. Like uh, I could probably name the whole roster of Tony Hawks guys. Naj- Naj- I was Naj- just Houston. about all to right, say there Nigel, we go. So yeah. There's there's one. Um yeah, I'm gonna struggle beyond that though, unless it's you know, <laughs> unless it's guys I I know from the Tony Hawk roster. Uh, Dustin Dolan's still around, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, no, I've been I've been out on it in a while, but I used to have a subscription to Transworld Skating. <laughs> I mean, I was about it. <laughs> I, I used to it. skate myself, but I hurt myself way too much. <laughs> I if you don't know what you're doing, it's uh, it's all over there. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen Tony Hawk? Yes, I have. I saw him. I saw him live in person at the Virginia State Fair. The Virginia uh, State Fair. Yeah, when I was like Where thirteen stars years go to old. Perform. This man did a nine hundred in front of the crowd. First attempt, 
slid down on his knee pads. Second attempt, he kind of spilt a little heavier. Everybody was like, oh. Gave it, gave everybody else a few more minutes to skate. He came back out, nailed the 900. Everybody lost it. Amazing time. Two and a half full spins while he's in the air. Three. No, no, no. 720's two spins. So it'd be two and a half, right? Yeah, I guess technically the it's because it's would be a, three full spins, right? It's a it's a because you switch. Well, ollie. You go you go up one way and you got to come back down the other way. So there's always going to be a correct. Half turn yeah, involved, right? no, you've yeah. got that technically yeah. correct. Yes, you wouldn't want to go down the way you came up. That would be that would be what, something I would do. <laughs> that, that would not be would not be the correct move. Well, that's a that's a switch landing, and you you can do that, but there's a risk of eating eating dirt. I promise you, I would eating wood. Absolutely. If you will. Um, I would tell the kids to take the offer. I would t- take the $600. It's a free $600. Yeah. And you get to be in a video game. That's going to be cool in 20 years. That lives on. Like, you're in a video game. Yeah. And, and you can, like, play that video game. Like, I-, I wish I still had my N64. I wish I still had those. Remember, Same. you could, like, buy the memory card and they'd send it to you and it'd load all the players' names in back when they couldn't do it for real. That was the <laughs> best. They had, they had, like, all the fake names. Like, oh, it's a really tall quarterback from... <laughs> Stanford, like, oh, that guy, I know that guy. Uh, all right, one more hour to go. Lane Casadane on the other side. We'll talk VCU hoops with him as well as everything else. You're listening to MP on the mic. This is 910 The Fan, now 1051 FM. FM. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.